Welcome to Come Heat, a wrestling podcast. This is me, KP, and I am here today flying solo on a Go Home Heat podcast. I am going to discuss with you a little bit of everything. Pro wrestling discussion. We'll discuss a little bit of the rumor mills in the rock world. Jade Cargill. Some of these guys cannot help themselves but to stir things up and create a fire where none was before. As Bubba Ray Dudley said on his Twitter feed, nothing like rolling a hand grenade into a room and then leaving. We'll get to that. We'll talk Becky Lynch. We'll talk women's wrestling in general after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, go home heat. All right, first and foremost, the great one returned to pro wrestling as of last night. I do not believe what some are thinking in that the rock, the great one, is about to come back to pro wrestling for an extended period. I am of the belief that his good friend Deion Sanders hosted him at the Colorado game this evening as I am recording on a Saturday night. And because he was so close to Denver, one Paul Levesque reached out and said, Hey, Dwayne, would you mind coming through here and turning the world upside down quickly for me one evening? As in Friday evening. Come back to your show, oh great one. And he was great. He could he literally could have walked out there Play, they could have played his music. He could have said, I'm home or whatever, and then turned around and went backstage and then went right back, went right back to Boulder. And it still would have been the greatest night in about 18,000 people's wrestling fandoms. He didn't have to do all that he did, but he did. He, he walked out there. He owned the crowd like The Rock is apt to do. He made Theory look terrible. Which you could say that's the rub, but at this point they've done this with theory with multiple big time wrestling names and the fan bases have not been able to get behind Austin Theory, so I don't know if he will get if the rub will help him this time around. It hasn't before. The fan base does not seem to care about him. I think he's a good wrestler. I think that they have kind of fumbled the ball with him. I think the pushback on money in the bank when he got it. Uh, how do you put it? They adjusted their plans when they realized how many people dislike him. That's what I think. Now, do I have any evidence of that? No. Neither does anybody else that does what I'm doing. Those people that get paid to do this, they don't have a clue either. I'm telling you. I read wrestling, quote, reporters, articles, unquote. We'll go to this thing right here. The Rock goes out on a TV show on ESPN, and he says, it was a done deal. I was going to be wrestling at WrestleMania last year. Things kind of fell through. Okay, well, if it was a done deal, then things wouldn't have fallen through. They never paid him to be there. So, you know, they agreed over drinks one night that they were going to do something with Roman 
things kind of fell through. They couldn't figure out what would be epic and change the landscape of all of pro wrestling. So they didn't do it. But hey, there's one in Philadelphia this year. What did the man just do? One, he got you excited. He got me excited. He got all of us excited that maybe just maybe the great one would be in Philadelphia face-to-face with his cousin. And they would fight over the chief, the tribal chief of the family, the bloodline leader. Main event, WrestleMania. Doesn't matter whether it's night one or two. It's the main event of any wrestling event ever. The Rock versus Roman Reigns. The modern era GOAT versus the greatest draw in the history of pro wrestling. You can argue that Stone Cold was the greatest draw in the history of pro wrestling. You would not be wrong, but that was short-lived, relatively speaking. The Rock has been able to go away and come back and go away and come back. And whenever he does, last night, for example, 2.44 million tuned in to watch The Rock when he came back unannounced. And that's how he affected it. You know, I did not, if you got, if my microphone got that lightning and thunder from outside, it was well placed. Kaboom. 2.44 million. You also had 93,600,000 social media views across their social media platforms of The Rock showing up. He's the biggest draw. Hogan was a big, big draw for a long, long time. So there's an argument there. And if you say that's your argument, if you listen to this show, if you know how I roll, I will not fight you or argue with you too much if you say something that makes a little bit of sense. If you bring to me Stone Cold, I will not fight you. If you bring to me Hogan, I will not fight you. If you bring to me Rocky, I will say you're right. That's what I think. Boom, another lightning bolt from the sky. Thunder as we rock. Okay, let's move on. What does this mean? No, do I think he's going to wrestle Roman Reigns at Philadelphia? No, I don't. I just don't. I don't think Cody has to worry about that. It's not that big a deal to me. I think he came back. I think he's open to it. I think he's always open to it, but I think there's a ton of money. Here's the one thing I would, I would say, though. The perfect storm they created last night. Rocky being in Boulder, Colorado. As WWE is transitioning from its own corporation to a corporation under the umbrella of another corporation that also owns. You hear that? You hear that evil thunder? Also owns UFC. So you have that. You're in a television negotiation about SmackDown as those contracts are coming up soon, and you have to renegotiate that. Amazon is in hot on trying to get in on some of this. They would love to purchase it. Other streaming networks are thinking about getting in on this and purchasing the buying power that could get 2 million people to watch their network, many of whom don't watch their streaming network already. I love the idea of being able to pull in a Rocky 
and have him shake hands with Athena, which due to the writer strike, which also helped make all of this possible, Cena's there. Does Cena need money? Is he there because he needs money? No, but he wasn't really doing anything because of the writer strike. So there wasn't a movie scheduled for him to do. Roman needed time off. Hey, Ra, hey, Cena. What do you say about, you know, seven to eight week contract? You come in, you move the numbers for a little bit, you go away. We'll bring you back around Rumble Time Romania. What do you think? Sure, man. I'm literally bored. The Rock, John Cena, these men are built to work 24 hours a day. If you've ever followed The Rock on social media, anything like that, you know this man sleeps about an hour a night. He works out in the morning. He works out in the afternoon. He works out in the evening. He does his acting. He does his uh, owns his football league. He, along with his partner, his business partner, his ex-wife, he's constantly doing a lot. All of a sudden, he has spare time, free time. Hey, it worked today. Will the writer strike still be going on by then? Will he not have a movie to do? I don't know. I doubt it. Maybe with the writer strike, he would have free time to wrestle. Let's make believe. I don't think Rocky will wrestle Roman at WrestleMania. Let's make believe I'm wrong. Does that destroy Cody Rhodes' story of finishing the story with Roman Reigns? No. Does it take it away this year? Yeah. Of course it does. What you could do, you could speed track it all. You could have Roman lose to Cody at the Rumble. And you could have Rocky show up that night. Not even get in the ring, just distract Roman. Causing Roman to lose. And then you have Cody as your champion going into WrestleMania. And you have the storyline of Rock, Roman headlining a different night. I love it. Absolutely love it. It would work. Do I think that's the route we're going to have to go? No. If Roman wants to wrestle Rocky for the title, you could always transition Cody into trying to be the Raw champion, and he could go after Roman at a different day. All of those things can happen, but I think it's more likely The Rock is a guest of WrestleMania, much like the WrestleMania I saw in Atlanta where he was the guest host. Something to that effect would make more sense allowing for them to try to make a build maybe and go for that titleless Rock-Roman matchup at the next Mania, wherever that may be. But we'll see. I, I just, I don't think Cody's status of being the primary focus of active, active wrestlers that aren't currently writing their own scripts, because I believe that Roman's kind of sort of in control of his character. I do think the company is still going to push Cody to the nth. Let's move into something else quickly. Is Becky Lynch the best wrestler in the world that's a female right now? I think she is. Are there more talented pro wrestlers than Becky Lynch that are females as far as naturally physically gifted wrestlers? Yes. Io Shirai is a more physically gifted wrestler. And there was a time when Io was main eventing NXT as the champion that I thought she was the best wrestler in the world at that time. They were letting her do that. She was having matches with Bianca Belair, with Rhea Ripley, with 
uh, Raquel Gonzalez with, you know, it was a stacked lineup they had at the NXT Women at that time. It worked, and she was having killer matches. Rhea Ripley, I believe, is more than capable of being the best female wrestler on the planet. She's very good at wrestling. She understands psychology. Her character is great. She's she's pretty good with a promo. All of those things you need to be to be the best all-around, I guess, superstar would be a more proper thing. But we could just talk ring, ring, in-ring work. Right now, Becky Lynch is telling stories in the ring that make sense, that engage with the crowd. Whether she's in the ring with Zoe Starks or Trish Stratus or Tiffany Stratton. She went out there and had a match of the month, maybe match of the year candidate with Trish Stratus. Days after having a banger with Zoe Starks. And then went around this week and has a match of the week. I've heard people say year, but I'm not going to do that. Match of the week candidate with Tiffany Stratton. Stratton's been wrestling 18 months. She goes out there and has a flawless performance. Now, there was one moment in there where it looked like Becky had to tell her what to do real quick and she fell back in line. Hey, that's part of it. That happens between wrestlers that have wrestled a long time. Jericho had been wrestling 20 years almost when Shawn Michaels said, hey, sit still for a second. Let this thing breathe in the ring. It happens. Some people are savants at understanding the crowd. Becky has gotten to that point. She is a ring general. She is not the most physically gifted, although she is, and she is getting more and more uberly coordinated as this commitment to working out and commitment to teaching pro wrestling and commitment to being a part of it just continues to grow because she's always loved it. But she's getting every aspect more and more. A lot of these performers in pro wrestling become greater as their physical skills decline because the psychology of it all is what really matters. Because they can still do the cool moves. Becky actually might can do more moves right now, which is rare for somebody that's been doing as long as she has and been as good as she has. She probably has a wider array of things she can do in a ring than she used to could. Her uh, canvas is broader to paint on than it once was. Here's the thing that she gets. She knows she's uber over. All of her moves are going to pop the crowd, react the crowd. So when she is calling a match in the ring, she knows I'm the chorus, you're the verses. It's like a song. I'm the chorus, you're the verses. The story is in the verses. The story is the opponent, and to some degree, how she reacts to the opponent's offense. The chorus ratchets the crowd up and gets them excited. And then you, when you take it home, that's the crescendo. That's the move on the way home. Everything happens quickly. It is beautiful storytelling. She is doing great, and she is doing great all the way through. Let's dive further into NXT. I am hearing people say more and more now that Shawn Michaels is a savant in pro wrestling at booking. Is he? Yeah, kind of. But there's tricks to it, guys. 
There's tricks to it. When you're watching a WWE television show that isn't NXT, if they give you two hours and 45 minutes, a great television, and 15 minutes that somebody's annoyed at, all you're going to read on social media is the 15 minutes. If you watch a show Tony Khan is producing, if he gives you three bad segments and a bunch of good segments, all you read on social media is the bad segments. If they give you 99% good segments and everybody on social media loves the good segments, but Tony was up against the NBA playoffs and he had to get his show moved and only 600,000 people watched it or Raw's up against a football game and only a million four watched it, suddenly the next day you can watch as these same fan accounts online tell you last Tonight was great pro wrestling. And then in the next day at 3.30 when the ratings come out, what's wrong with AEW? Why isn't anybody watching? Nothing's wrong with AEW. You were worrying about things way too much. Samoa Joe is killing it. We'll get to that in a minute. Back to Shawn Michaels' savant booking. He doesn't have that pressure. He can book in a way that makes sense. He does layered storytelling. Carmelo Hayes, uber confident, is starting to get texture to his character. We are starting to learn who he is in that he begins to have concerns. Am I as good as I think I am? You know what? I've got to prove not only to you but to myself that I am the guy I say I am. I am him, as he likes to put it. So he tells Trick, no, you don't need to help me anymore. He tells Dragunov, I can take you. Dragunov continues to say, you know he can't. You all know he can't. Y'all need to protect him from himself. Because Dragunov, low-key, is having one of those careers. He's had three years in a row with match of the year candidates. Three years in a row. Every time he hits the ring, if you like bell to bell, he's must see TV. Wesley is trying to prove he's not a cruiserweight anymore. I can be more than that. That's fascinating. It's layered. It's three people wrapped around one thing. Dom being down on the roster, Dragon Lee, probably the guy who deserves to have the belt. Ali, who really hasn't ever gotten his just desserts around Dom, who got his just desserts before he deserved them. Right? He had no reason being the North American champion. His association with greatness, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, got him this. Even his great name got him this. I'm not saying this as a knock on him. I like him. I like the fact that that's where we are with this. But having two guys that everybody thinks are championship material circling him and closing in on the undeserving champion, it's interesting. Ali being petty about the fact that he's never gotten his just desserts is interesting. Also, well-deserved. He should have got his flowers a lot earlier than now. He's the guy that could have been Kofi Mania. That was the plan, and it didn't happen. Should he be mad? Heck yeah, he should be mad. The women's division, you had Tiffany Stratton as the champion, it was a little tricky. That division's a lot greener. There is actually a developmental process to this show. So what does Sean do? He gets all of this female talent 
television time. Not only do they wrestle matches on TV, they have backstage vignettes, they have backstage little acting segments, and they have in-ring promos. They're learning how to do this on the fly on television, and it's a fairly even rotation to where all these guys get to get better at their jobs. And it works. And then here we stick in the middle of that, the biggest spotlight the WWE can spare. Because Becky Lynch right now needs to be kept away from Rhea Ripley because that's probably your main event at WrestleMania. Right? Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch is probably the biggest match you can have with who you have on Raw right now. It's also a huge match. Worthy of main eventing night one or two regardless of what the other matches are. It's also going to be a match of the year candidate, I would guess, if you give them 20 minutes. Ripley's fantastic. She can do everything. All she's got to do is come up with a good plan with one of the better thinkers in the biz. And, you know, TJ probably be the producer, somebody like that. Boom, they're off and running. But you don't want them near each other yet. So what do you do? You stick her down on NXT. And you let her teach a green locker room how to be pros, how to work, how to work together, how to make it matter. Hey, when it was the four horsewomen, this is how we did it. What would get your attention if you are a young, upcoming, want-to-be-great female talent than to have the only female wrestler to ever be the most popular wrestler in the world in your locker room for just a couple of weeks. I, I, I can't think of anything else. Let's transition away from this a little bit. We're going into AEW. Jay Cargill is supposed to be leaving. All these people that didn't think Jay Cargill mattered now think she does. All these people that... Thought Jade Cargill mattered. All of a sudden, don't think she did. Jade Cargill is a star. She is a walking spotlight. If she was working in any line of work, your eyes would go towards her. In this line of work, she's printing money just by being walking around. She's had a little bit of trouble developing. Hey, they stuck her on TV right out to shoot. Green as she could be. Put a belt on her. Had her had her wrestle like Goldberg. I liked it. I thought it was smart. Then they let her wrestle a little bit longer. That was cool. Then something happened. She kind of disappeared after she lost her match. I get it. She's probably leaving. They say Triple H thinks she can be the biggest star in pro wrestling. Who thinks he's wrong? I don't think he's wrong. Neither does anybody else. Tony Khan didn't think he was wrong six months ago. Six months ago, he would have told you the biggest star, the biggest prospective star on his roster was Jade Cargill. For some reason, he doesn't think that now. That's okay. Or maybe he still does. Maybe he just couldn't come to terms with her. Maybe who knows what happens in those rooms and why they're doing what they're doing. I know this. I know Jade Cargill is a star waiting to happen. If she went to the main roster, a lot of people say she has to go to NXT. I like her going to NXT, but I get it if she doesn't. But if she's on the main roster, they still work two house shows a weekend. She's still going to be wrestling two matches a weekend along with whatever she's doing on TV. 
Yeah, that's how people get better at this. They work. They do it. They could also send her down to developmental early in the week if they wanted to. And then she meets them on the weekend to do the do the stuff. That's great. You put her in the rumble. You have her go over. You have the belt get back to Bianca before the rumble. You have her versus Bianca in the rumble. I mean, in at WrestleMania. Two of the more athletic, physically gifted, wonderful up-and-coming stars in the female division, also fully capable of main eventing a WrestleMania either night. To me, those are your best matches. I'd be wrong. I don't have a problem with Jade Cargill versus Rhea Ripley. Here's the thing. When you look at this division, they just brought back Nia Jax, and all of you mad, and I think it's funny. I don't hate that you think it, that you hate it, but you want women's wrestling to be spotlighted. This week, the first two nights of the wrestling week, Monday Night Raw, NXT, what did you get? Women in main events. Half of you complained that Becky Lynch was on NXT and taking away Sean, burying Tiffany Stratton, when the reality was she was putting a spotlight on Tiffany Stratton. And then you're mad about the fact that, oh, Ripley works she never works. She never works in a women's division. She had a multiple match program with Raquel. They have a good match. Nia comes in. I didn't love her. If you listen to the show, you know I don't love interference in a match ever. I like clean finishes. I'm silly like that. Whatever. Nia breaks it up. You end the show with the woman that's been booked as a killer for an extended period of time. She's the most imposing figure in the biggest faction in your entire company right now because of Bloodline Splinter. And you're mad. Because it's Naya. Because it's not that I want more women's wrestling. I want more women's wrestling booked like I want it booked. Right. Let it play out, guys. Because what you got, what is possible to happen in this division Jade Cargill, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley. That is literally the future of pro wrestling. It's also the present. Nia Jax, Piper Niven, fantastic, intimidating performers. Io Shirai. A couple years ago, I thought she was the greatest wrestler in the world. I still think if you allowed her to have those kind of matches... She'd be the best wrestler in the world today again. She just doesn't get to wrestle those matches right now. She's wrestling Asuka. Okay, you still have Asuka, Bailey, Becky in this division. Charlotte Flair, I didn't even mention. Freak of nature. And she's in that mix. You're, you're going over double digits deep in incredible performers. Some of them still got to learn how to do it. But even the ones that aren't household names and maybe never will be are unique performers in their own way. Dakota Kai is a really good wrestler, guys. She's awesome to watch. She's in this division. It wasn't that long ago where everybody was on Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan. She's in this division. I didn't even mention her yet. She's a really good pro wrestler. She's good at it. She's fun. She's spotlight. Cool. I don't love what's, I'll, com, I'll compare it to this. I don't love what's going on in AEW, but I can tell you this. They're working a story 
with their female division. I don't love what's going on. I'm not a huge Soraya fan. I, I you know, my heart goes out to her. She's been through a lot. Um, but that being said, I think that what they're doing with uh, Tony Storm is kind of fantastic. I think her interviews are great. I think she's kind of great. I think she's a good wrestler. I, I like what's going on with Sheeta right now. I mean, I wish she would have kept the belt longer, but that's okay, man. I don't, you know, hey, let me see good wrestlers wrestler. You don't got to put the belt on them. I want you to. Let's just stay in AEW as I finish this up. Samoa Joe. You can say what you want about Phil Brooks. Absolutely. Say what you want about Phil Brooks. Say what you want about CM Punk, who is actually Phil Brooks. It was a bit of a cluster. But wrap your head around this. Samoa Joe was not being... It didn't feel like Samoa Joe was still a spotlight-type performer before he got into this thing with Punk, and now it does. And now he has completed his trilogy with Punk. It was fantastic. And he transitions after great matches in a row into a program with MJF. I hope it goes more than one match. Because he's a great performer. And if it doesn't go more than one match, I hope they book it in a way that we can still think that Joe's the killer that he is. Because Samoa Joe is one of those guys who really probably should have been Randy Orton. That type of household name. Which is not really a household name. It's more of a wrestling household name. And he was close. But he kept getting hurt. Things happened. He really didn't get to the platform with mainstreamish fan base like WWE till a little bit later on. He'd done a lot of really great work in AEW. I mean, uh, Impact Wrestling before that. He needs his flowers and he needs them now. And I think he's getting them. I like what MJF is doing over there. I think it's great. Uh, I think they need to be a little cautious as he keeps. <laughs> if you saw the Steiner math, it was fantastic. Let's wrap this up quickly. Should Shinsuke Nakamura dethrone Seth Rollins at the end of this program? The fan in me says no. Because I think this might be Seth's run, last run on top. I think it's a great run on top. And I want to see him have great matches with the Ricochets and other people before he hangs it up. Not hangs it up. Before, To me... According to what Seth has said, I feel like whenever he loses the belt, he probably takes time off to see what he can do about his back. If that's true, and that's the story, that's not only what he said off screen now, that's the storyline they've gone into. If that's true, yeah, sure, take the belt off of him. And if you're going to take it off of him right now, Shinsuke's the guy. Because Shinsuke deserves his flowers too. He is everything he was booked to be. He has Seth and... Shinsuke have totally revamped Shinsuke's character into a formidable strike force, and that's what he should have been all along. I love it. I love where pro wrestling is right now. I think it's fun. I think a lot of times fandoms get crazy. I'm in, a, I'm in several fandoms, and I can tell you 
uh, right? You know, Florida State had two good games, and their fan base was talking about, you know, what it was going to be like playing a national title game. They had a bad game today. Everybody jumps off ship. Hey, guys, you don't know anything about football after three games. The teams have not begun to become who they're going to be. Same thing. You got to calm down. You got to let these things play out. And you have to embrace and enjoy pro wrestling. Please do that. Thanks to my friends at Gin Project, the G-I-N-N project.com. Thanks to my friends at The Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. Thank you to Galactic as uh, they are giving podcasters and gamers and things like that people like me an opportunity to find a new platform to showcase ourselves and our talents and our uh, our fandoms and thank you to you for listening and helping us express our opinions feelings thoughts on the last form of theater in the round pro wrestling and go home